Oh, hi, Mark. The biggest match in history right here. Come on, guys, let's brainstorm this puppy. Like a boss. Let me get this straight. I'm gonna spell it out for you. Ball game. This dude was right when he called you out on his podcast. This is gonna end very badly. You ain't stepped up, you fell off. I'm not a good guy. You don't get a trophy for participation. And these two right here, well, they're my insurance policy. What? This is a great show. No enhancement needed. All right, hello everyone out there. Welcome to Wishful Booking. I am Liam McNulty, and joining me on the line this week, Jimmy Moorcraft. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm back to the satellite. How are you? Back in the saddle. I, I'm good, thanks. I'm live in the flesh. Pretty much same as usual. <laughs> that is um, true. You're not going anywhere. No. How you uh, doing in the storm? There's a little bit of a storm going on where we are. Well, I'm looking at the weather. This storm is better than the impending storm, so this is fine for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping the hurricane skips us this time around. Because we'll if it see. hits us, wishful booking may not happen. Yeah. Let's not blow this out of proportion. Hopefully it won't come to that, knock on wood. God damn, Al. <laughs> yes. Wishful forecast, Hurricane Irma. I hope so as well. Um, but yeah, pretty relatively uneventful, I guess, week of wrestling this week. How did you feel about Monday Night Raw as a whole? Um, as a whole, kind of how you said, I find that they do this sometimes where they market a match that is kind of random. Yeah. Um, whenever they have a broadcast built around a match like that, especially, I think one of the main reasons they did it and it worked was because Brock Lesnar obviously wasn't there this week. So the co-main event of No Mercy, which that's what I would call it, Roman Reigns and John Cena has to be considered a main event. Yeah. Even if it doesn't close the show. Um, Definitely. So I was a little iffy when I heard that match announced, even with the whole steel cage thing. You know, I didn't really think they added much. In terms of excitement, the biggest match in history, right? I did like the first two matches, so I was excited to see what they were going to do. And I have to say, I was not disappointed. Um, I don't know if you want to jump into that first or if you want to go in sequential order well, of how things went down. Yeah, let's let's talk about the first match, no? How you doing? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, Raw opened with uh, Jason Jordan versus John Cena, which I guess had they announced this, like, right before Raw or leading up to Raw or something, maybe online? Yeah, they announced it Monday afternoon. Okay, there you go. Yeah, because yeah. this was the first time I was hearing about it, but had you heard about it when they announced it? Yes. Oh, you didn't know? Okay. Yeah. What did you think of the match? Um, well, when it was announced, I kind of found it ironic that they chose John Cena to have a match against someone like Jason Jordan, who was very new. Okay. Since Roman Reigns said that John Cena buries young talent. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what they were going for necessarily, because, well, I'll get into the Roman-John Cena exchange after, but the match itself, I really enjoyed. Of course. We all knew that American Alpha were very talented, and it wasn't a matter of the team being talented, like an Enzo and Cass thing. Yeah, I right. feel like they're a talented team, but not talented single well, guys. Well, relatively speaking. Both Gable and Jordan are very good wrestlers. I did find that some of the beginning portion was a little just like going with the flow and then it really got going the last four minutes yeah you know the northern like suplex two of them back to back mm -hmm. the bridge that was incredible and uh -huh. the commentary which i have to give michael cole credit for he really made the match seem much more important than it had any right to be um huh. so i just felt like this is wrestlemania word. also the comparisons to you know an early john cena in his career when he challenged kurt angle that time on smackdown yeah, you know what? I kind of wish that they then would have Kurt Angle frame it that way. Yeah. So I like that they showed the video, but I feel like they missed an opportunity having Kurt Angle do something about it. Right. But, you know, I like the whole story involved. I like the match. Um, there was a part of me that thought that they would have Jason Jordan win 
with a roll-up to kind of alleviate the claims made towards Cena. Yeah. But the way the match went still made Jordan look very strong. I don't know what his end game is, personally, because, I mean, losing to Finn Balor and losing to John Cena isn't hurting him because he's putting up... They're having these you know, really good fight. matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought that Roman Reigns' music was going to hit yeah. kind of halfway through and it would be a DQ finish or Roman was going to spear John or spear John or something like that. Right. But, um... I gotta give Cena credit. He's See, that's again to... like last week. How you were saying Vince is hesitant to do anything that'll sour the crowd on Reigns. Huge air quotes there. That yeah, would be one of those things. Yeah, but uh, I really, I really enjoyed the match. So um, Roman Reigns comes out after, obviously, which I, I kind of saw coming, um, and I, I like that they did all of that in the beginning of the broadcast because that was obviously the hottest topic from last week's Raw. That right. exchange. Uh, this exchange, I like that they put the focus on to a match. Last week, that was one of my complaints that I felt like it was more of a who's the golden boy and not who's going to win the match. Yeah. Um, again, John Cena was definitely the superior talker. Definitely shot him down. Roman Reigns, uh, the big dog comments, very cringeworthy. I don't know why. How do you say it again? Roman Zipper was down, which I'm oh, assuming was oh, true. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming Zipper was actually down. I can't imagine John Cena just saying that out of nowhere. Um, I assume that it like actually busted beforehand, and he was just either hoping Cena wouldn't notice or thinking Cena wouldn't address it, even if he did. Yeah, it got a few chuckles in the crowd. I noticed, and from hearing feedback from people, but I, I just I don't know what, the way they continue to frame him is just confusing. Because I mean, yeah, he's not a heel. I mean, he's not a good guy. Yeah, he'd be the first to agree with you. All that stuff. I'm not a good guy. Was you he know, supposed I, you know, to be at the end there last night? Was he supposed to be like? Going off script and challenging Cena to do something? Like, I didn't even get how that ended, like, what that was supposed to, you know what I mean, represent. Yeah. yeah, that was my biggest complaint with the segment. I don't know why it ended that way. I could imagine that was the planned ending where they would tease a fight. It made John Cena kind of look like a bitch, to be honest. The only thing I can rationalize is that they wanted to give Roman the one-up on Cena, but Cena was also, the way his body language was and faces that he was making kind of also said that he was just like outsmarting Roman or at least he believes he is. Yeah. My only other real criticism of it, and I really can't put this on Roman. Well, you could. I'm sure this part was scripted. You guys already read the script, right? But last week he talked about how John Cena had the golden shuffle. I mean shovel. The golden shovel. Yeah. That's a common mistake of yours. And um, <laughs> this week he says that John Cena is stringing along his opponents to give them a full sense of security if anything, what John Cena did was putting over Jason Jordan, and Roman Reigns kind of amplified that, because that would mean that John Cena's letting Jason Jordan look good until, you know, John Cena squeaks out a victory. Yeah. Whereas last week, it was he's burying young talent. So yeah. The two things are completely different. You know what I mean? Yep. No, you're totally right. So I found that a really big issue from the writing team's perspective, because, to be honest, the match, while it was great, and I'm glad I saw it, and I was impressed with both of them, I don't really think a match made sense for the story that they're telling right now. Yeah. So I don't know if they wanted just like a good wrestling match to start off Raw, but it didn't fit the narrative arc they're trying to get across with this feud. If John Cena beat him in like five minutes and Jason Jordan got a few moves in, kind of like Ty Dillinger and AJ Styles from two weeks ago, then I could see Roman Reigns maybe using that against him. But if anything, I feel like John Cena made him look great. Yeah. So that was my only big criticism was why they would ever have is that Both the match go that long and Roman talk about it. So that five-minute match, is that what you were expecting when you heard it announced earlier? Yeah, anywhere between five and like eight. I definitely knew they were going to make Jordan look good because of how they're positioning him as Kurt Emil's son right now. 
So, you know, I wasn't expecting a squash match. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just confusing the way they went about doing that whole thing. It was, it was kind of a misstep for me. Definitely. No, I agree. I agree. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's just a strange time to do it. It was interesting, the whole Kurt Angle parallel facing John Cena early in his career, and now it's Jason Jordan, but you're you're right. And you were also right about, I don't know what they were going for. Yeah, that was definitely, that, that was confusing. Yeah. Um, um, what was the next thing that happened on Raw? Cesaro and Sheamus again, see Slater and Rhino. Right, right. With Ambrose um, and Rollins which, on commentary. Yeah, and I guess we, we could talk about kind of both matches here because I like how they're devoting a lot of time to this feud. I mean, last week they got two matches in a row. This week they got two separate segments. Yeah. I don't necessarily find it necessary. I'm not complaining because I like that tag team wrestling is getting a spotlight. Uh-huh. And I think that it's only getting a spotlight based upon the performance involved. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like how they're trying to do something different with the whole tag team scene. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus against Heath Slater and Rhino was really just designed to put them over, give them a victory. Yeah. I have more to say about Gallows and Anderson against Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose because I thought they were going to have Gallows and Anderson win which would make sense considering that Cesaro and Sheamus were going to provide the distraction victory. Right. Yet Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose still beat them. Well, we do know the club are pathologically bad at capitalizing on distractions. That's a good point. They don't watch the product. Then Gallows and Anderson want to beat up on Cesaro and Sheamus, which makes sense. Yeah. Especially if they want to turn them face, which I think they should turn them face. And then they just get beaten up. Oh, right. So I'm assuming set up another match next week against Cesaro and Sheamus and Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, what a and waste. You're just ruining another act that could be, you know, in the tag title scene. You don't I think mean, they're ultimately trying to fold them into the tag title scene? I don't think so, because the way they would dispose them so easily, and I could imagine, like I said, I think it's going to lead to a match between the teams that I think Cesaro and Sheamus are just going to beat them, and that's going to be it. They're just kind of there to helps his and Sheamus look strong. So, I mean, if I'm wrong, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I just don't know why they, they, you know, you had the chance to get Gallows and Anderson to win. Then you had the chance to let Gallows and Anderson beat them up. And they failed on both accounts. Huh. So what was the point? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. When you're telling these little stories, have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. So that was kind of S for me as well. I feel the S for them. I mean, they're very talented. I mean, I'm assuming they're leading to the They're kind of used to it at count. this point, right? Gals and Anderson, yeah, I, mean, I mean, they've been getting yeah. treated like this more or less since they arrived, with a few exceptions here and there. Yeah, I mean, it's really a shame. I mean, if there's a, if there's a top five list of the most underutilized talent, I would put Gals and Anderson and Sami Zayn on the same exact level right now. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you just made the list! It's hard to argue. So, uh, anything, anything else about the tag title scene? Because that was really the bulk of what happened in the Raw division, at least. Yeah, no, I think you about covered it. I mean, Ambrose and Rollins seem to be working well together. Still, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I. You said it. You said it all. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, then we lead into Jeff Hardy against the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. Right. Yeah. I really like again how they announced that a decade ago was the last time Jeff Hardy had won the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. I actually thought he was going to win because of that. And yeah, they I really, and much, also the pre-match interview with him, they really gave the sense that. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised at Which all to see awesome. him pick up the belt. Yeah. No, I agree. I love, uh, yeah. I welcome any help in suspending disbelief. Yeah, I love I loved his promo. I mean, 
Jeff Hardy was definitely the bigger breakout star of the two back, you know, uh, Easily. a decade ago with the company. Right. So, you know, I enjoyed the match. I kind of wish they just made this the No Mercy match, even if Miz is going to retain. That would have been a really fresh feud. You could have maybe had a disqualification finish this past Monday and then lead to maybe Jeff Hardy getting a non-title victory over him. Mm-hmm. And then maybe have the match at No Mercy, just because I don't know if they've abandoned the Jason Jordan icy title ship, because the more he loses, the less impact his victory will have. Yeah. So I don't know well, it seems like he's pretty far away going. from the icy title at this point, Jason Jordan. Yeah, but I, I don't see a couple see weeks now. Yeah, and if you recall, when The Miz was airing his grievances about the icy title, Kurt Angle said you'll be defending your title at No Mercy, but then he announced that Battle Royal, and the match took place last Monday. So I had assumed oh, that the Battle right. Royal... According to Kurt Angle, unless it was a big continuity fuck-up, he's supposed to have an IC championship match and no mercy as well. Okay. So I don't know. And Maurice didn't even really... I mean, she, you know, shook his hand and helped him move. Yeah. I feel like they could have done more for her to cheat because the commentary team was so obviously ignoring the fact that she was still out there after everyone else was ejected. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, even the camera went on her and the commentary saying, oh, it's a fair game now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Maurice is still there. Dude, I can't tell if you're blind or stupid. Yeah. So that was weird. And then it ended, and Miz won, and I don't know how it can continue, but I also don't know where the Miz goes from here with a new challenger. So, I mean, I guess I'm intrigued from that end, but I definitely the execution is a little wonky. I'd give it a four out of ten. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you're right. All she did was she alerted. I feel like that's what she did, right? She alerted him so that he could move before the Swanton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which isn't a big move in the scheme of things. Um, yeah, like, why not get in the apron or something? I mean, you could also argue that Jeff's brother Matt wasn't really doing anything to get ejected other than trying to prevent the Miz Taraj from actually interfering in the match. So that is another way Jeff kind of got screwed, you know, if you really wanted to. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. But otherwise, it was a good match. It was a good IC title match for all. Yeah, Definitely. Enzo Mori in the cruiserweight division. I guess yeah. we can mention he's cheating, that, you know. Eddie Guerrero style. Yeah, I mean, it's smart that they're showing that he needs to cheat because he isn't up to par mm-hmm. with the talent in Two of Five Live. But you can yeah. also argue that he just shouldn't be on Two of Five Live. Then. Well, so, but he is, know. so he's cheating. So at least they're acknowledging it. They met us halfway on that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel as though there's a lot. I mean, uh, Sean Devari um, was recently on the Wrestling Game podcast and said the backstage, you know, Endo More is really ruffling feathers and the 205 wrestlers feel like he's bringing the product down. And um, yeah, you know, I don't Endo- know, man. He's only been there a couple of weeks. I feel like. You know, because those are ongoing rumors about Enzo not getting along with people backstage, because that fits right into the existing narrative of the character. So I've always been suspicious of those rumors, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Yeah, my only issue is that, you know, this past week on 205 Live, he became the number one contender. And the way he did it, I mean, you know, Cedric Alexander beat three people in a row. And then when it came to oh, four people in a row, and then when it came to Enzo, Enzo rolled him up and cheated to win. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't imagine Neville and Enzo. I mean, unless I eat my words, I just don't know how that match is going to go. Still kind of trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see 205 Live. I didn't realize that was how he did it. I had heard that Enzo won the contendership, though. But that sounds yeah. pretty heelish, at least on paper. Yeah, that's the weird thing. So I don't know where they're going. Again, I guess it's, it'll be interesting to see. Or it does go. 
Definitely. So the women? Yes, definitely my uh, my second favorite thing of the night, although I have reservations about it. So Sasha sure Banks do. and Alexa Bliss. Uh, yeah, Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss was announced before Raw went on the air for the Raw Women's Championship. Sasha would be getting a rematch. Right, at no mercy. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, I'm like, what? Like, it just has to be changed. Sure enough, you have a backstage segment with Nia complaining to Kurt Angle, and then you have Emma come in, and they make a match where Emma and Nia Jack must defeat Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss in a tag team match to be entered into the match at No Mercy, making it a fatal four-way. Yeah, which so is obviously a, kind of a weird I call. wanted. Yeah, it, it was weird because there's a whole thing again of contractually obligated rematch clauses. Yeah. I mean, how I would have booked this, wishfully, is I would have had Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss have the match this past Monday. Right. Even if it wasn't announced beforehand, you have Nia wreck ship, and you would do a triple threat match. Now, I love Anna. I'm very happy that she's in this match. But, but if you look at this from a kayfabe perspective, yeah. she hasn't done anything to earn a title. She's been losing. She has a fluke victory over Mickey James in what I think was called a hashtag match, yeah. which is bizarre. Yep. So, you know, Nia, Jack, Nia Jackson, Emma won. I like how Emma takes herself in to get the pinfall on Sasha. Definitely. You know, that's all well and good, but I'm fairly certain this is leading to Emma taking the pinfall so we can move on with the triple threat match and then the singles match between Nia and Alexa. That's how I kind of see it going. Okay, I'm so that's that why, there. in your opinion, that's why she's suddenly in the title picture is just to serve a purpose so that nobody else gets pinned. In other words, so that Sasha doesn't have to get pinned at no mercy. Right? Yeah, and I also think that you could maybe, if I mean, I hope so, maybe give Emma a few wins over Alicia Fox or a Dana Brooke in the next coming weeks to kind of build her up a little bit. But ultimately, yes, yeah. I don't. I, I see her. Um, I see her just taking the pinfall. Taking the pinfall, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. It's hard to argue with that. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I mean, this is the first time in how long that she's going to be on a pay-per-view if you will for lack of I better. think I think I think ever ever oh they really no she yeah, must last, have been on she was on a she pay-per-view. was only on a takeover well she was on a WWE pay-per-view like a while ago at least when she was that corny face with Santino Morella may not have been wrestling but she was on it yeah well yeah I meant I mean title match and even the match I'm pretty sure a pay-per-view match which is still a big deal yeah yeah, no, definitely. Um, they changed her music again, which I'm a little happy about, but I still miss her. Oh, was it different music. again? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't even care. It's not the. It's not the good song. I don't care. You know, I got zero F's to give. Yeah, it's something different. It's eh. yeah. Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor traded insults in her manner of speaking. Bray was talking about how he used to go hunting when he was a kid, and then eventually it wasn't enough for him to kill animals with the weapon, so he had to kill them with his bare hands, and now he equated that to the demon is Finn Balor's (laughs) bow and arrow. (laughs) I don't know if it was intended to be as funny as you took it, but... No, it's just crazy to look at some of the things happening, and then you just... What you just said sounds like a horror movie. (laughs) They're all over the place. Tonally. I mean, I love... Tonally speaking. I love Bray Wyatt. Don't get me wrong. It's just funny. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought it'd be funny. Was it funny? Um, and Bray keeps coming back. That's what Finn said. Yes. It's almost like, what's the point? You know, just give up. Yeah, I guess technically a rubber match does make sense since they are. I think still one one technically, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's definitely one yeah. one or one nothing so if you look at Finn Balor and the Demon as two separate entities, as Bray Wyatt seems to want us to. Yeah. 
aside from characters. I kind of feel like that you dropped the ball with the whole demon thing. I think they turned it into something that didn't really need to be, personally. Like, in NXT, he just appeared every two months because it worked out with how their schedule was. Yeah, but it makes sense that they feel the need to give it a storyline purpose and make it something that Finn Balor has to harness. Yeah. As opposed to as opposed to sit in a chair for six hours while someone paints it onto him. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Which is the facts of the case, obviously. Yeah, that is a pretty rough thing. I would not be able to sit there that long personally. Yeah. Well, yes, you would. I have faith in you. If you're getting paid what he is, you know, usually That's not a good that point. long of a match. I'm full of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't. So I have to say I am very happy when all said and done with how they booked and and framed this main event because the entire broadcast was dedicated to showing the ring collapsing, interviews between Strowman, interviews between Big Show, interviews between the referee, which is a very cool touch. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that really was cool. Think, In fact, I hadn't yeah, noticed I, how the referee just went out of the ring that last time the ring collapsed. That was oh crazy. My God. I, I I laugh every single time I see that. God that was me. crazy. I know. Yeah. And I have to imagine that he took that bump intentionally because he had to know he was going down. Right? How could he not know the ropes were going to be totally useless yeah, in so that situation? That thing if done. anything, a deterrent. Yeah. Wouldn't have been my first call. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck happened? So I, I just, I love the way that a match that I was basically criticizing Saturday, I was sold by the time the cage was lowering. So that shows okay. how well they could do. Promotion is everything. The match itself, they always have great matches. This was no different. This is a really great, just like Kurt Angle tweeted, they tell you to do a classic cage match. Yep. The spots were thoughtfully planned. It started from the get-go with a WMD from Big Show to Strowman. Totally. And I like how it cut to a commercial right away. They did, yeah. Good observation. Kind of show what would happen. Yeah. The elbow drop from the top. That was crazy. It reminded me of Kari Sane in the Mae Young Classic right now. Obviously not graceful, <laughs> but, but just absolutely... Still really impressive. Just the fact that, you know, they're doing these things with the size is incredible. The callback to the superplex. Look at the size of the giant! Now, one of my issues with cage matches, and this one was no different, especially considering the size of those involved, is the concept of climbing a cage when there's a door open. I believe that cage matches should have a locked door and you can only climb out. Yeah, I agree. If you're in a real cage or if you're in jail in your cage, kind of the only option. Yeah, or better yet, no door. Yeah, or no door, right. Just design them that so, way. So, especially Big Show's climbing, you know, I understand it was done to set up a big spot. The crotches were on the ropes, the superplex, the elbow drop. Yeah. Like, I understand why it was done, but I just think that in general, steel cage matches, people need to stop doing that. Just shoot for that door, if that's the case. It just makes sense. <laughs> that's what I would do. You look dumb otherwise. I can't tell if you're blind or stupid. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, that takes nothing away from the match. I am generally invested when these two go to battle. Uh, Braun Strowman wins. What about that I like how, spot at the end? Oh, did you see that coming? Uh, no, I did not. So I, I kind of did, just because I'm thinking, they're showing this ring collapsing three times today. There yeah. has to be something happening with this cage. Yeah. So I thought that, like, they would throw someone through the door, or I did think that an, an entire panel will go down. As, yeah. soon as, as soon as Strowman took the microphone, I'm saying, all right, something's happening here. And yeah. then as soon as he hoisted him, I'm like, all right, the only panel that won't kill someone is if it's through the ramp. Yeah. That's what it did. It looked good. It was a good visual. Um, I've read rumors. I'm not sure if you've heard this, but Big Show is getting surgery. 
this is actually a way to write him off TV for yeah, a while. If not, I have since read that. Possibly forever. Oh, you think? Yeah. Cause, yeah, because he put him out to pasture, quote-unquote, correct? Yeah. So, and Big Show's contract is done in 2018, which is not that far from here. No. So, regardless, though, I, I give Big Show credit. He put over Strowman strong. He yeah. has continued to. I mean, when Strowman is like a multiple-time world champion, he can look at the Big Show as someone who really helped catapult him. Definitely. Um, in addition to Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam and, and, you know, other people. Yeah. But, I mean, Big Show did more for Braun Strowman than Roman Reigns did in four months. Yeah. So I was very happy Definitely. with that. I think Strowman looked awesome. Well, How did well you feel Roman Reigns it? wasn't trying to as much as Big Show was in his defense. True, <laughs> true. Yeah, this is true. So, yeah, that covers Raw, right? Yeah, you, you have any last minute thoughts about the main event, or? Um, I haven't really said much of anything, have I? Well, there was a pretty ho-hum episode. Yeah, definitely. I'd give it a four out of ten. No, the the main event, like you said, was really good. We more or less agree about this whole episode. Oh, we're talking now, ain't we? Yeah. The spot at the end was really impressive. I didn't see it coming, as I said. I mean, in hindsight, obviously it makes sense versus doing the superplex again, but having the whole cage collapse or something like that. Obviously, what they did was more practical and it's something they've done before so i guess in hindsight it's not totally shocking right but yeah it was it's it's cool and it makes sense especially like you said given the uh reports the more recent reports that big show is apparently going to be off tv for a long time if not ever absolutely so yeah just parroting what you said (laughs) (laughs) um big show debuted at saint valentine's day massacre in 1999 in a steel cage match Throwing oh. Steve Austin through the cage door, don't forget, and then Steve Austin escaped. It wasn't as, you know, brutal because Steve Austin wound up escaping and winning. Dude, but that's I a good call. I think I know where you're going already, last, yeah. That his last match could end in a steel cage. That's a great call. Panel. That is. It's very so I don't poetic. I know if that was intentional, but that would be cool. It brings closure and a, and a nice ending to the Big Show storyline. Absolutely. You guys all read the script, right? I don't read the script. Script reads me. Definitely. Very good call. Um, all right, then. Shall we go into SmackDown? Let's do it. Okay, so I was very happy with SmackDown. I am a sucker for having one. And Raw did it, too, essentially, with the whole Strowman Big Show main event. The, the whole broadcast was really... There was at least four or five segments before the main event that built that match. Yeah. SmackDown had a similar arc where... And this is an Attitude Era trope where there would be Uh-oh, one... Oh, Attitude Era... <laughs> Everyone's favorite. There would be one storyline throughout the show that you're following. Totally. In addition to the other mini ones. So this, one through line, yeah. Yeah, so this week was the continued animosity between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. You think? Safe to say the pressure cooker reached boil this week. You gotta keep them separated. It's really a fantastic metaphor for this situation. The show opened right. up. I really like how Kevin Owens just thinks that he could just be a referee whenever he wants. Yeah. Awesome. Delusional heel to his best. Uh, Shane McMahon comes out and nips it in the bud. Kevin Owens goes on to give the second, I mean, John Cena and Roman Reigns hold the first, and I don't think anyone will beat them. But the second pipe bomb promo, which wasn't really a pipe bomb, it, wasn't as much a pipe, as it, was a death, yeah. it was really more of a death wish. Um, in which <laughs> Kevin Owens said that he wished that Shane McMahon did not survive the helicopter crash that occurred this past July. That's crazy. Uh, Kevin, I was Kevin shocked. Mentioned, yeah, that was pretty rough. Um, Kevin Owens mentioned Shane McMahon's children at first, and then he did it again, yeah, and Shane McMahon s- went off on him. You saw it coming the second time, naturally. Yeah, Because definitely. at this point, um, I mean, the story is ultimately that Kevin Owens goaded Shane into getting himself suspended, based on what we now know. I think, anyway. Yeah, and, and-
and, and I feel like it needed to happen this week because it was starting to get a little long. Like, I knew where they were heading for a while now. We all did. Yeah. Um, so they, they really needed to pull the trigger, and I'm glad they did. And, and you think it makes you know, sense it for done. a Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell? Yeah, I mean, now that we know, so afterwards, Daniel Bryan gets a call from uh, Vince, and Vince instructs Daniel that Shane will be indefinitely suspended. Um, right. Shall we go to jail? So, well, I'll go over everything that happened in the backstage segment before my question, but Kevin Owens is seen backstage. You know, Daniel Bryan's apologizing. Kevin Owens is going to press criminal charges. He's going to sue. It's going to become the Kevin Owens show. <laughs> Which I like because he's he's used that in the past, so that was kind of cool for me. Oh yeah, that's a um, that's a regular made, thing for him. It made sense. Totally. Um so then Dana Bryan called Shane McMahon. It was a ring. little it was a little overly dramatic for my taste, but Kevin Owens is the best, so um, who am I to split hairs? Yeah, Dana Bryan isn't the best actor, to be honest, ever in my <laughs> eyes. Like I I never yeah. even really bought him when he even when he did promos, I wasn't sold on him. Yeah. So that's always a little iffy. Shane McMahon, though, I got to give credit. He evokes emotions very well. I he's mean, okay. He, I feel like he gets worked. I feel like he gets worked up when he's out in the ring. I feel like he got, I don't know, he got a little worked up because sometimes his phrasing is questionable at best or suspect at best, as JR would say. Of course, at the end of the broadcast, Dana Bryan drops the news that Vince McMahon is coming to SmackDown. So my yeah. issue with it is I'm excited that next week SmackDown is really being built up as a big one. Three title matches. Mr. McMahon. Um, yeah. My confusion is that Vince is the one who told Daniel Bryan to suspend Shane. So my first question is, why wouldn't they do it next week? Yeah. Why is Kevin Owens afraid that Vince is coming if Vince already did something that Kevin Owens is happy about? Because to me, it feels like Vince is on Kevin's side already. Well, because Kevin Owens knows that Vince has to be on Kevin Owens' side to a degree, like where where the board is concerned. Where like yeah, in true. real life, if you know your boss physically laid their hands on anybody, the board would have to side with that person. But then when you start looking at the facts of the case and you see, oh, this is what got him to freak out, then you know you're not. You know what I mean? It makes sense to me because Kevin Owens knows that. He knows that when Vince McMahon starts, actually, if he comes to SmackDown and they're with each other face-to-face and Vince McMahon pulls out some easily accessible tape from what he actually said this week on SmackDown about Vince's son and grandchildren, mind you, you know, things could turn really quickly for Kevin Owens. That's a good point. When we get to talking about Survivor Series and how we see the card shaping up, I have the entire card on my phone already, which we're booked. So I'm all prepared for that. Okay, so I'll get prepared. I'll get so, caught up to you. Make sure you ain't booty. People can look forward to that. Definitely, um, definitely. But I will say now, quickly, in case you predict it, I'm predicting it first that Oscar debuts at Survivor Series. Okay. Get that yeah, I think you said that last week. You or you at least wishful okay. booked it. I just want to make sure. Um, still in the five-on-five five for Raw, for Team Raw? Yes. Good. As, as a surprise, the day of. Yeah. Well, then everyone loses their minds. That would be uh, that would be huge. I agree. That would be really cool. And I'm still wishful booking the whole thing with Roman and the authors at No Mercy, yeah. writing John Cena off TV and uh, all that crap. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll think about the rest. And that's been this show for this week. Jimmy, thanks for joining me. As always, of course, my pleasure. My name is Liam McNulty. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Huge Actor. 
And my name is Jimmy Moorcraft. You can catch me on Twitter at Dr. Moorcraft. So, yeah. Uh, what else was... Oh, like us on Facebook. And... Uh, please, yes, please do that. We will see you on the other side of next week's TV. Absolutely. So long, guys. Later, guys.